Rick Madison, Rick and Friends. And uh, this guy's a good example of a friend. He comes in roughly whenever we can get him, but we're trying for once a week because you know what? He's so much fun to chat with because we uh, we sound off on stuff and uh, we try to speak the truth as best we can. You know, do we fact check everything? Sort of, kind of. Um, but you know what? It's just it's just fun. It's just fun. So uh, welcome again to the big show, Jeff Cox. I actually had a family reunion this afternoon, but I didn't show because I would be, rather be here. You know what? And that's the kind of commitment <laughs> and sacrifice that we need on the Rick and Friends show. <laughs> okay, so let's let's kind of jump in. Nothing like a leadership race to bring out all the issues onto the table. And I've I'm looking forward to not getting a lot of emails from uh, various candidates saying this is their this is their mantra. This is what they'll change when they get the seat and everything else. What have you kind of noticed about this uh, leadership race and, uh, and, and any topics that you found unusual or I guess kind of delighting, you know, that, that have come out of this leadership race? Talking about the conservative leadership Conservative race. leadership, yes. Is there a race? There, well, <laughs> let's say that there was, you know. I, I mean, the <clears throat> while well, we, we were having this conversation pre-the-air, I – I find um, I find Pierre's approach almost almost well. It's refreshing for one, laughable. I totally agree. I totally disagree with the with with the mainstream media of this country. I don't think he's divisive. I think the most divisive man running in this country is running this country right now. Um, but I what I what I what I find, and again, I, to be sincere, I mean. If Jean Trey talks, I fall asleep. So I'm not, and and he's such a career politician, and he's he's been a liberal in Quebec, which pretty much makes you, I think, an NDP federally. Uh, and and then and and I just he flip flops to me. I he I, he was really his only, um, he was really the only candidate that that probably could have challenged him. And I just don't think he brought uh, anything to the table. What I find interesting about Pierre is the constant, consistent messaging about. Uh, how 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 hard it is to live in this country right now, and the inflation that we're facing, uh, and then specifically what he goes into about about you know things like the housing challenges that we're having, but but more to the point, the part that doesn't make sense when someone comes out and says, well, it's it's inflation, and and it's it's you know it's the Ukraine war. No, it's not. <laughs> it's the it's the domestic policy we have on dairy. That I mean that. That is not being driven by the Ukraine war, and it's not being driven by America. We have a domestic issue with policies on things like dairy. Uh, we produce gasoline in this country. That's that's not a. This is not. We have the ability to control and set these prices, and we're not choosing to do so. If if nothing else, I'd, I'd say the the conflict raised the exposure of of the the secure food channel the supply chains like all of those things and i think that was one of those things that that really amplified and and shone a light on some of the policies that have really struck down a lot of the production and and really not helped canadians whatsoever like whenever i hear and on the podcast we had a woman who was trying to find um a rental in Kelowna. Now, again, we're in a gem of the city and I get all that. But when I was listening to her story about how she's struggling to find something for under $3,500, which is still blows my mind away, I still can't help but think some of the policies have led us here. 
like the the inflationary pressures, the gasoline, the groceries, like all of that stuff. It just continues to, and, and now it's hitting the doorstep of a lot of Canadians going, right. wait a second, I'm sick of this. And so when I, again, anything, it just it starts to just, ugh. Okay. We can't, the other part of it too is, I mean, it, this is an, this is an unarguable fact. We have the most amount of land, land mass per capita out of, out of any country in the world. I mean, I mean, granted, you know, no one wants to live in Northern Manitoba. People do, but, but, but the reality is it's not like we're, 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 our constraints are not, are not because of land, you know, and and, you know, you say, well, you can't build in the mountain. Well, go to Europe. Like, I mean, half Italy hangs off a cliff. Um, France, right? Like, like it's not, you know, is it, is it, will it meet the, 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 the living standard requirements of nine feet? You know, what, what this, I mean, some of the crap we have that, that, that to, to meet building codes. Well, I don't know, maybe not, but, but to think that, that we have a problem with, with housing in this country makes no sense. We have with the natural resources, yeah. we have the land. What? It, it does seem like we uh, we have an embarrassment of riches at times, but it doesn't feel like that. Um, what is it? Uh, <laughs> didn't our, our good friend, Mr. Trudeau, kind of shut down our market on LNG and say, listen, we don't really have enough uh, to sell to the world market. I, I wish we did, and I wish we can get it to you, but, you know, our 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 pipeline, the Trans Mountain especially, which was going to pre-existing line, is not ready yet, won't be ready for another 17 years. So, you know, I just don't know how we're going to get anything to you. That's the kind of stuff I think, um, you know, and, and what's funny is the, the rest of the world is figured out before Canadians do, perhaps. I, I shouldn't say that. That's a big generalization. But they're starting to point fingers going, your leader is like completely oblivious, like almost laughable on the world stage. And I, and I applaud that. And I shouldn't, but I do. That's the way I feel right now. Yeah, it's sad. You know, back to the, the question, what what was the difference? You know, what what else, what was outstanding in this in this race? Um I, I think w when you break it down, uh again, I, I I made the joke, but I don't think there's much of a race. So when you look at Pierre and you say, what is he doing differently? Um, he's getting down to simplistic facts and he's talking about real issues that real, that are concerning real Canadians. None of this ideological woke crap that we've had to listen to for seven years. He's just talking about facts. I, I have always taken this stance and I don't understand why it's, why, why, why it's such a faux pas and we can't talk about it, but why don't we have a Canada first policy? Like, like, you know. God we, save the only, queen. We can only take US, care of ourselves. Only right? U.S. can have that. And, it, and that's why, right? Like, like that's what I don't understand. Why would we not have a Canada first policy? It doesn't mean that we're going to let uh, the world fall apart. First of all, we're not here to save the world. I know that's the liberals' goal. Although we produce 1.5% of total emissions in the world, they think that they're going to they're going to turn it green. Not going to happen. But if we go back to day to day, why can't we take our own people? We have more natural resources. Forget forget oil and gas. That's one component. Where if you go to a country like United Arab Emirates, Arab Emirates or Saudi Arabia, and the amount of riches that they have should be accessible to our to our population. Let alone. The, the other things that we mine for, uranium, coal, um, we have the ability to be one of the richest nations 
in the world, but we don't have a Canada First policy. And again, I'm not I'm not saying we get greedy. I'm just saying let's let's start taking care of our own to start, right? Not ta- not tax them at at ridiculous rates. So start there, and then that prosperity should start bleeding over borders. So this is on the heels. Speaking of taxes, we have that the new luxury tax on uh, primarily cars and boats and all that kind of stuff. And uh, and you know a lot of Canadians go good. I'm glad that finally the rich are paying their share and everything else. And and guess what? <clears throat> Am I? Do I fundamentally uh, agree or disagree that the you know the wealthy should pay their fair share? Yes. However, and this is the big however, is if you start uh, attacking those that have the means, which means that they've they've built empires or businesses. Do they feel like setting up shop in Canada? Do they feel like, okay, now there's a target on my back? And that's the, that's the flip side of this that a lot of people don't think about the chess game, which is, okay, if I tax them at this rate, yes, we get our pound of flesh, but where do they where do they want to go? Because there's places in the world where they can go. So first and foremost, I just want to be very clear that the rich do pay their fair share. We have a progressive tax system in this country. Now, there's this ultra uber wealthy rich group of people um, that that use tax havens outside the country. Um, that's a whole other story. That's not that's not the group we're going after. So and, so, and good luck getting them. Yeah, and totally because they're running the country. So so you have first of all you have we have to first define that the rich pay their fair share. We we do not have. Um, tax loopholes. Although I, th- I know a lot of people love to run around and say, "Oh, they don't pay tax anyway." Yet, yes, they do. There's, there's almost no tax loopholes left in this country. There's a handful of places you can, you can, you can isolate your money and defer tax. I guess is the best way to say it. But the reality is, um, the rich already, already, already pay their share. And so my question is, if you are uber, let's call uber wealthy half a million dollars a year in, in this in this world, there's a whole other game. But let's just say that that for most people, a half a million dollars would be a lot of income. And I, I would agree with that. The reality is that person is paying two, and they're the group that can probably purchase this boat or whatever it might be. That group is paying at a very minimum $200,000 a year in tax and probably more likely $250,000 a year in tax. And again, if you factor in goods and services tax, so they take the money that they have left over and then they go buy things, they pay GST and PST on them, that number can exceed 60, uh, 60% of their income. If you don't think that paying 60% of your income is paying your fair share, like, well, I, I don't, where do, where, so, and so that's number one is let's just, they do pay their fair share. Christian Freeland, who's the one that came out and said, well, the rich just need to pay their fair share. We have a progressive tax system in this country. They do pay their fair share. That's, that's number one. Number two is this has been tried around the world multiple times, lastly in France and before that in the U.S. And you know what? It failed ethically both times. I mean, even even Macron, who is the most socialist, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, everybody equal. Uh, there's no such thing as ambition. Um, everybody should work 35 hours a week. I, I mean, that guy could recognize that it was not good for the country. The U.S. did it and recognized two years later that it was driving jobs away, and that is the reality of this. This is not a tax on the rich. They will just 
go buy their boat somewhere else or not buy it or buy the or buy it at $99,999 or whatever the, the number is. I mean, it doesn't work. It's never worked. It's not going to start working in Canada. It is going to cost us more money to run this program while we drive jobs away than it is they're ever going to make in in taxes. It's uh, reminiscent of a national gun registry in a way. <laughs> Which failed for the first time in 98 or whatever, whatever lunacy that was. I, and again, and yet here we are talking about it again. It, it, you know, it's, it's, again, it's, it's bizarre to me that, that as society, we don't hold people's feet to the fire to say that hasn't worked. It's not worked in other countries. It has for the gun registry. It hasn't worked here. What are you doing? It's not. And again, when you go back to it. Guns that are killing people and causing harm in this country, almost 100% of them are illegal, are here illegally, and they're coming from the U.S. If you want to, if you want to fight, what, why would why would we have a gun registry? To me, it's to stop crime. Mm -hmm. I don't own a gun. I, I I have fired a gun once in my life. I, I don't have any desire to. But if someone does and they're respectable about it, I'm not going to tell them that, that that they can't have that right. I don't understand what what are if we're not out to stop crime, violent crime, what what are we out to do? And we know statistically, we know it's not stopping violent crime. So so why do it? Like where? What? And and the the problem I have with it is, you know, as as a sportsman um, with a membership uh, fishing game and who enjoys target practice, I'm I have nothing against hunting because uh, Save On Food seems to be a pretty good hunter. You know, they, they do really well. And, uh, and, and I do think there is, as someone who does own guns and the fact that we shoot clay pigeons and, and really it, it's a lot of fun for me. I'm, I'm always when it's empirically shown that you cannot stop crime with the registry because the, the, the element that's going to do bad things with guns apparently don't want to register. Like, and that threw me too when I first heard that. So, <laughs> what? <laughs> so, I, again, and, and maybe that's uh, another overarching big brother thing to do is, is maybe we'll, we'll start tracking all the guns and, and that kind of thing. And off the record, police have said, do we ever go into a residence, check the registry, and go, okay, they don't have guns, so we'll just walk in willy-nilly because they probably don't have guns we always do the same protocol if we are not sure of the uh, the domicile we're going in like it would if i was a police officer and again anecdotally i'm not but if i was i don't think i would trust a registry anyway if i was walking into a, a residence or a building or something like that just based on the fact that i think they don't have guns <laughs> like i would act in a way where everyone has guns yeah, and, and I mean, then it also leads to the conspiracy theory that there's another reason to do it. And and listen, democracy is fragile, and the reality is, um, there may be a time when when there has to be tyranny against some form of government. And and if they know where the guns are registered, they can come get them. Yeah. And and again, I get it. That sounds extreme, but but viva la resistance, my friend, this is, this is it, right? Like, so again, I, I, I mean, I mean, that's, I get it. That's out there, but the reality is what else would you be doing it for? Like, like you're just doing it to create government jobs. Like, I don't know. Right. They're, they're pretty good at press conferences though. Yeah. Like they're pretty good at saying, 
okay, we are now going to keep you Canadians safer. And as a result of that, we are, we are inhibiting and stopping the sale of, and again, if you know anything about guns, you can order a gun, you can get a kit and change it into whatever gun you want. I've, I have not done that, but I've heard from my other enthusiasts that you can actually do that. Again, if you had nefarious ideas, maybe that's something you could look at, but that's not me. We had, we had a pretty good fun moment when uh, we found out the Canadian press, the sacred Canadian press, pushed out <laughs> some uh, China ideologies that, that did not match um, anyone else's except the, the government. So do you want to take us through what, what you read? Yeah, I mean, I mean, essentially, what happened is is a bit of a domino effect in the Canadian press, where where um, really what was state driven Chinese uh, propaganda um, appeared to be a story uh, about Chinese Canadians against against um, something that was that was effectively happening, um, and 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 really in the end, it, it was not Canadians at all that were. That were that were against it. It was, it, but it, that's how the domino effect happened, and it didn't get checked uh, until it it had been blasted across the country. Like that, I guess that's the the gist of it. Um, you know, twice I think in the last three years, the Globe and Mail has sold uh, Chinese state media full page ads, um, pretty much to let them um, run. Uh, propaganda that appears to be a news story talking about how great China is for the world. Um, this should be concerning to people. Um, the, the Canadian government has just let uh, China come in and purchase uranium um, uh, mines uh, in Canada. Um, and again, you got to get to about page eight before anybody kind of says, this is crazy, right? And then you kind of read it and flip through it. I mean, there are some serious concerns about, you know, everyone says Russia, well, China uh, as well, um, and the control that they're having um, domestically within our country. What, I've, what I find interesting about this story is that um, with, with news, I guess with any kind of news departments across Canada, and this has been happening for the last 10, 20 years, but you basically have a lot of people wanting this fresh content um, reporting and investigative journalism has almost gone the way of the dodo bird because, you know, there's there's different ways to to glean. The internet has changed the way news is gathered, so you can now have, you know, a story that you read on a competing uh, organization, take that, re rewrite it, and then boom, you send it out as your own. And with the amount of stock photography out there, that's you could you could fundamentally run a newsroom with a handful of people now. Can these same people vet the information they put out? They can't because they're so busy and they're so busy trying to feed the pipeline. So when you have incidents like this, as a result, that's what happens. You have, you know, and, and let's face it, China or, or any, any country that wants to push out some, some ideas or propaganda, oh, send it over to Canada or, or even I would even say the U.S., and once one outlet picks it up, we have a really good chance that there's going to be a domino effect. And news has been driven now by by opinion. Mm -hmm. so this is an opinion show. We're not we're not covering the news. We're talking about current events, and we're 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 talking about our opinion. Our Damn good opinions, though. Like I mean, for, just you know, from my centered opinions. <laughs> 
Well, I actually, that's actually, I firmly believe that. I actually do believe we're pretty close to center. But you're right. So you have, you, you, where I think we've faltered is, is we've lost sight of what is the news and what is, what is opinion. In fact, I think the news has become opinion, um, which is, which is, which is problem number one. The next part is, is, is delivering fact-based, fact-checked news. And the out is, well, that was opinion, right? Because the lines have become blurred. That started in the U.S., uh, but it's now it's now bled into Canada. But the other piece of this too, and I, this is like, no matter what topics you want to talk about, like getting in here, and it's like we just, it's like, it's like the conservative propaganda show. But anyway, again, when you have six point five billion dollars coming out of the Liberal government into the hands of mainstream media, uh, it's hard for them to report that Justin Trudeau is an asshat, right? And and again, that's the part that that I think we struggle with. I don't know. And, you know, their whole take is, you know, we're drowning. You know, we we don't have any way to make money anymore. Well, you did for for most of the 90s and 2000s, um, just ask Conrad Black. Um, and, or, or Hockey Night in Canada. Yeah. And so now you didn't adapt with the times and, and, and we're constantly propping you up as, as taxpayers. But ironically, you're not loyal to the taxpayer. <laughs> you're loyal to the guy sending you the check. It's a tough situation, right? I, I, I and, and, and a case could be made for Air Canada, too, because uh, you would see a WestJet plane take off. And this is early in the days of, of you know, the upstart airline. Yep. And then all of a sudden, minutes later, you see an Air Canada jet flying the same path. And so what they were doing was they were cherry, pick, cherry picking these you know, okay, so wait a second, you go Calgary to Prince George or some sort of route that's not common. Well, in order to try to defeat them or squish them, they go, okay, well, we'll just fly a jet in. Even if it's half full or quarter full, we'll still do that because we have this wonderful net, which is called the Canadian taxpayer. So even if we run it kind of not like a real business, we can still prop ourselves up and I found that really troubling as well. When you get into state-funded industry, again, the pipeline, they paid too much for the pipeline. Like any anybody that knows anything about pipelines, they paid three, four times what it was worth. And didn't benefit and didn't met benefit Alberta in the slightest, let alone the rest of Canada. Um, and yet here we are, you know, I mean, it'll only be another week and I'm going to hear another story that we're going to bail Bombardier out again for the hundredth time since I was born, right? Like... You know, yeah, and and that, I think that's the part that really we really struggle. If you sit in the West, is it never seems to end up, it never seems to be out here, mm-hmm. right? They're typically Quebec-based organizations, um, and and um, and and it's a revolving door. You know, I mean, Air Canada is not a Quebec-based organization, but it's very heavily weighted in the East. I mean, oh, and, yeah. and I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty sure their motto is still. Um, if you're we're not happy, happy till, yeah, if we're not happy till you're unhappy, right? I'm pretty sure I saw that <laughs> on the on the website. So let's go down different rabbit holes. Um, there was a pretty significant attack that uh, you overheard for on on Pierre, and I didn't hear the interview. You did. Um, do you want to explain some of the what they were attacking with with ostensibly, and and this will be proven in the next few days of the next conservative leader, but what kinds of things were they trying to go after the divisiveness or what? Yeah. Again, this was, this was mainstream media, uh, local mainstream media. It was just talking about, um, well, pretty much their hate on for, for, for 
for Pierre. And I, what I'm, what I don't understand. Uh, and again, I'm, I've, I have listened. I, I try and be as, no, as, as nonpartisan as I can. Like I really do. I think it's in their best interest of Canadians to try and stay as close to center and understand, Hey, like as an example, before, um, 2015, I actually thought Justin Trudeau was a pretty good guy. And I was like, you know what? He might be a fresh face. And, you know, Stephen Harper was looking a little stale and a little bit of Chris, Stephen Harper's Christian values were creeping into our politics. And, and, and it was time for a change. And, and he was a pretty good, fresh looking face, right? Despite his last name, which if you were in the West or, you know, I wasn't around for his dad, but born in the West, I got enough generational, mm-hmm. you know, pass on that, like, you need to be leery of this name to a certain degree. Um, um, and then he turned out to be a total ass hat, as I said. Um, what I find amazing is is that that this week, that conversation was around um, that, that Pierre is divisive and that all he's doing is looking for the angry people and stoking them more. That's all... They're already angry. They don't need to be stoked. <laughs> so, I, but why are they asking a question? Why are they angry? Right? That's what I want to know. Why can't that media group go? Wait a second here. We have people that are angry. Why are you angry? Like, how about that for a question? What are you bitter about? What's happened to you in the last seven years that you've made a decision that you're actually going to pay attention to politics? That'd be question number one for me. It would be and. It- the, the part I really enjoy is the fact that on the one hand, people want more transparency with politicians. They actually want them to ask the hard questions. They want, you know, the real truth to come out. And and then all of a sudden, you're given one. You're given somebody that's, yep. uh, in a lot of ways, a straight talker, doesn't mince words. He's, he's actually very vocal in the house. He actually asks some really tough questions. How much does this cost? And if he doesn't get an answer, he does like a cross-examination with the people in power saying, no, no, we, we will need that answer. So before we go forward, can we get that answer? And and again, that might turn some people off because they go, oh, wait a second, we have uh, this pit bull. But you presented this. On the one hand, you asked for it. You asked for people to hold them accountable, the, those in power. You're given that person. And the, now, all of a sudden, it's divisive. And the guy's a dick for doing it. Yeah, and he's a dick like, for a dick. I find it crazy. Uh, yeah. But it, it's the first time in a long time where I actually feel a sense of hope, inspiration. I'm delighted when he makes people, you know, especially Freeland, kind of sit there and, and, and swallow mid-sentence and, you know, and she, again, we've, we've already talked about the fact she's not qualified for the job, but that to me is the first time in a long time and probably why we have so many, I shouldn't say we, but let's say the conservative party has gotten so many new members, millennials, 20, 30 year olds coming to the party is because they're all of a sudden going, this is our future. And if we continue to print money, and hopefully a lot of uh, students are thinking about that. If we continue to print money, inflation is going to be a reality for us. So to put it in perspective, when when Justin Trudeau was elected Liberal Party, and that was a big deal. They were yeah. they were in a they were in a hole. I mean, I mean, you remember some of some of uh, some of the idiots they had cycled through through that period before him. A uh, uh, hundred and five thousand people voted in that leadership campaign, and that was considered extremely significant at the time. 400,000 people voted in this conservative leadership race. 
the fact that the mainstream media think that it's Pierre that is, is out making them angry is insanity. It is not Pierre that made them angry. It's the seven years of this government that has made them angry. And COVID iced that cake. And the and, and well, it did. You know what I mean? And 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 everything that came with it. And and we talked about this. Like, you know, and again, I I it pisses me off. I gotta sit here and say, by the way, I'm vaccinated, which I you know, and, and I'm like, it's such a stupid game. But but they created that divisiveness that I actually have to come on here and say, just so you know, I'm not one of those people. Um, you know, and which which yeah, in itself is irrational. Like God forbid people got to make their own health health decisions, right? God forbid. And so I don't that that's that like yeah, I, it's it's why when this will change in, in the media. I don't know how will it change. What's going on in the U.S. is no better. Uh, you have these extreme left and rights. I mean, I, and sincerely, right? I mean, you, you I can't obviously I can't watch CNN. That's that's or MSNBC. But frankly, I can't watch Fox either, right? I mean, I mean both are. One kind of annoys me, one's kind of laughable, but they're both crazy, right? I don't watch Tucker Carlson go, damn right, this is good stuff. Like, no, I, but again, I know better, right? Now, some of his stuff's kind of funny, especially the fact that he goes after a prime minister almost daily, <laughs> but like Don Lemon is not doing it either, right? I mean, that, I mean, it's, it's like, it's against extremists, it's woke, it's like, enough. Like, how do we get it back to center? I, I don't have the answer to that today, but I know I know what we're doing is not working and what we're doing is meddling in it by providing cash. And that's the problem. It is cause and effect. And, and, uh, I heard a funny comment from, uh, Mr. 11 million listenership, Joe Rogan. And, and I'm on your tail right now, Mr. Rogan. But, uh, <clears throat> the one thing he said 10 was million <laughs> exactly. Hey, a lot of relatives. Um, but it was, uh, I think he said, when I walk into a house and they're watching CNN or Fox, I already consider them stupid. <laughs> That's what he said. And, you know, he's not far wrong because there's such an editorial slant. Uh, and again, all you have to do is watch the programming for any length of time and you'll you'll come up with the same conclusion. So, But, but there's a good reason. Listen, I'm not a Joe Rogan listener. I'm, I'm not. I, I don't. I don't. I don't have, I don't really have anything against them. I'm not really for him either though, to be sincere. And, and here's, but I, here's what I do know is when he was getting absolutely crapped on by everybody and, and Neil Young thought he needed to be removed by Spotify, which is so ironic to me based on Neil Young's past, right? What was it like living in a free world? That like, that was an actual song you wrote, you old Canadian democratic living in California, forgot your, anyway, my point is. Joe came out and said, uh, "What? I'm a comic, and and I, and I also like, and I never knew it'd get this big. And I voice over you. I voice over growing men fighting. Like you idiots are actually taking what I'm saying. Like this is this is op-ed, and he has the right to do it. Yeah. And 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 again, I don't. Again, I'm not. I don't tune in. But like again, I think he gets spun as this like you know just out. And to your point though, like he's actually got quite a few." Quite a few smart kind of one-liners, like, and that being one of them. If you're watching CNR Fox, you're you're stupid on both sides, right? Like, valid point. He is. It's a valid point, you know. But I mean, 11 million people say, uh, "I will listen to this." And and again, I think part of it is entertainment. The one thing I will give Joe Rogan is the fact that he's introduced a lot of people to some deeper subjects. And again. It's introduction. I wouldn't say you should take everything at face value, nor should you take this show at face value. 
because there's no content here either. But the thing is, is you have to go, okay, that's an interesting point. I'm going to delve deeper into that and find out what I can and make my own choices. And I think that's what entertainment is. I think that's what, that's what, that's what Rogan gives a lot of the millennials is here's something you should be concerned about. Why don't you go figure that out? And, well, and, 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 and here's a starting point. So you, you like, are these same people going after Howard Stern? Like, like, and again, it's not, so Howard Stern, I mean, I mean, again, Howard Stern's morphed a little bit. He's getting a little softer in his age. But like, I mean, there was a time when if you listen to Howard Stern, I mean, he had a porn star on most weeks. They did, they did. Like, I, it's not like, I, again, I'm not, I, that's his show. It's a pride. Like, again, you have to, you, you, it's not on you have your to local. seek it out. Correct. Yes. And so, and so I, I. Like is 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 Joe just the flavor of the day? You know, is he the face of? It it just this is the challenge that that we're faced right now, right? But again, you get everyone gets on these horses and is like like not willing to say, hey, maybe they're onto something, right? <laughs> and again, I I think Joe's brought some pretty valid points up. I mean, we're post pandemic, and holy smokes, did we do a shitload of things wrong? Oh yeah, no, and although, uh, and again, anecdotally, I've heard. And this is, again, anecdotally, over lunch, I was having lunch with a associate, and he said, Bonnie Henry basically came out and said, I'm I'm actually done with the, the health orders. Like, uh, I, I believe we're going to put more money into, you know, the vaccination program because that's where money is well spent. And uh, health orders, I don't really feel like there's there's much validity to them. Again, I'm, I'm not putting words in her mouth. I'm just saying I heard this anecdotally. And I hope... <laughs> And I pray that that is truly the direction because that to me would be a better form of of help and assistance from the government than trying to continually stay away, stay ahead of a, a curve that is fundamentally herd immunity is our is, is what we're option. where we're heading. Totally. I mean, and, and if you don't get that, then I'd like to see your credentials. Amen. <laughs> So another interesting, we'll go south of the border for this, because why not? Um, the The show is called My Son Hunter. Uh, it came out. It involved, and, and I've not seen this, but again, I've heard that um, if this had come out prior to the election, that Joe Biden would not be in, in the president's chair. He would not be in that office. Based on the fact that <laughs> Hunter Biden is a gong show. And he's got some some connections that are proven uh, to Ukraine and a, a bunch of criminal organizations. And basically, they said if, if that laptop had come become public prior to the election, we'd have uh, Mr. Trump uh, in that office again. Have you seen this or heard of this? Oh, I'm watched. Uh, I'm a big fan of Bill Maher. Despite, oh. despite the fact he's a he's considered considered left in that country. No, I don't. I don't like you know. I love Bill for the fact he says, you know, people now call call him out and say like you know used to be left. He's like I'm exactly who I was. It's the, it's the left that moved right. <laughs> yeah. And um, he had Rob Reimer on there and 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 uh, oh, I'll remember names. I'm talking and a senator on there uh, two weeks ago, and he posed and he said, listen, it has now come out. The, 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 the media in the U.S. has admitted, the left media in the U.S. has admitted that they buried the Hyder Buttons, the Hyder Hunter, <laughs> Hunter Biden story uh, pre the election. Mm -hmm. And 
And, and he said, come on, you, you love to call out what went on with Trump, call out your own, call out your own party. Mm-hmm. And Robert said, I don't, is that factual? And, and, and like Bill said, no, no, it's factual. Like, like this happened. I want your comment on it. And, and Robert said, I don't, well, I haven't read that. Like, and it's like, they, it's a, it's a valid point. Like, like, again, you know, there's a country and I'm for the wreck again, it's kind of like vaccination. I'm not, Donald Trump is an idiot. I firmly believe that. Like, listen, I, the guy, I remember I was on my honeymoon and I ran into a group of guys we kept running them over and over again for a couple of days. And we ended up literally sitting with them for dinner, right? And I'm like, hey, you guys have been having fun. And they're like, have we, have we kind of, have we met? And I'm like, well, like we're watching you from a distance. They were on a stag. <laughs> okay. And uh, they're like, oh, and anyway, so we start chatting. They're from LA. They own 10 restaurants. Start in LA, go up Santa Barbara. And we get into it. And he goes, uh, hey, my wife thinks your prime minister's a good guy. Can you, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think I have to regurgitate my opinion of Justin Trudeau right now. So I obviously tell him, no, he's a donkey. And he goes, I knew it. Right. <laughs> and he goes, okay, I got to ask you, what do you think of Donald Trump? And I'm like, listen, he's a moron. And I'm like, you have to understand how most of the world. But if you say respectfully, you actually can get away with that. Well, and I in said, any but, crowd. But I said to him, I go, I go, listen, it's not, I said, you just have to understand how we see him, right? And how he appears. And this guy was, he goes, dude, I fully agree. The guy is an idiot. And he goes, but here's the thing. His policies have, we have never been in a better situation. He's like, our restaurants are full. Uh, we have staff. He goes, yeah, he goes, a little bit of this immigration issue kind of caught us in the lower lower end of, of some of our entry-level jobs. But he goes, it sorted itself out pretty quickly. But he goes, his policy, he goes, I'm with you. Guys, he's like, I really struggle with him. But he's like, his policies we have, this is the best run, and it was generational. His dad had this business for him. He's like, this is the best run we've had in 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 my time uh, in, in the business. Mm-hmm. That is a divided country. Back to your question, what went, what, like Hunter Biden is no better than Donald Trump Jr. and, mm-hmm. his, and his moron brother Eric. Like he's not, and that's the part that, but again, that's where both sides got to come down. And again, this is more to me from a de- democratic standpoint because they just went at Trump. Again, uh, uh, again, I think he's, I don't. I'm not a fan. But, but you can't like throw stones from a glass house, and that's the issue. You can't have the son of the president running around smoking crack, doing cocaine, and 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 hanging out with prostitutes in China, doing deals on his dad's name. Like, that's crazy. You, you shouldn't, yeah. I, I do think it's an interesting point about uh, Mr. Trump. His moral fiber, moral code, way off. And uh, that, that's been, well, documented. And I, But I do think, and I've read his book, and again, a lot of people, how could you? But The Art of the Deal was a great book. Um, he talked about the fact that there was a, a public skating rink in New York. He would look upon it from the Trump Tower going, what are they doing? And then he put his own crews in there in two weeks. You know, he, he built it back. Again, do I think the man is a good person? No, he isn't. Oh, and, and listen, further, like, I am not, he, he was the mastermind of what happened January 6th, which was, which he was. There's no, again, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. I, I'm a, I would be a Republican if I, if I was in America and I would, and I would, and if he was leading the party, I would vote for him. I would have to, 
because they have a two-party system. They do, Although yeah. so do we. But, but in, the, the point is um, um, he did some things that were very wrong, and he should not be in power again. But Hunter Biden is an idiot, and, and he has done some despicable things all around the world. And the fact that, again, that media hid that before that, before, before that uh, election happened is on them. You know, and 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 I'm sorry, but but Joe Biden is a horrific leader. I mean, the fact he can't remember his own name half the time is a is the place you could start. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, the stuff he has done already uh, is mind blowing to me. You know, well, and Keystone XL, and the oh, list goes on. Yeah, crazy. In a country that needs oil, <laughs> didn't see that coming. So U.S. federal, provincial. Let's talk municipal, just because it's kind of fun. Um, we have had, uh, uh, so last night, and again, I don't want to date this uh, this fine little discussion, but uh, last night I was at uh, Mr. Mr. Bazran's announcement, and uh, it, it looks to me like a two-horse race. It, again, I, I don't know that, but, um, you know, based on past results and everything else, but is there actually more? I don't even know. I mean, I mean, I'd heard. I mean, Dave Habib had picked up paperwork. I don't know though if he ever he's got till. Yeah, I don't want to date it, but yeah, but, but, but I haven't even he, seen any signs. I haven't like well, you know. Again, yeah. I I don't I don't know. Um, if, yeah, we're, if we're saying it's Tom, we're going Tom and Colin. That's what we're saying. That's that's kind of what. Uh, yeah. But again, and and I'm, I mean, we have to be as as close to uh, balanced as we can, especially in this discussion. One of the things though that that was talked about was Horgan mentioned we should have, it's in the budget to have for Kelowna to have another, there's an acronym for it, but to have a mental health nurse, another team of that go out with uh, RCMP on these specific calls, but we've never actually received that person. Um, and again, a lot of the campaign chatter has been around how we need to identify and and really get these services out there in order to counteract what is growing to be a bigger homelessness issue than than we could all expect. Um, again, I, I I see all these issues, but fundamentally for you, what are the number one? We need a plan of attack going into that chair, knowing full well that that mayor's chair is really another voice on council. They're not exactly running the city. No, you need council no. to do that. But what do you think is, is going to be the the political juggernaut going into this election? Is it going to be that homelessness? Yeah, it's going to be, it's got to be pretty close. I mean, when you are, when you are um, the second, um, when you have the second most violent crime per capita in Canada next to Thunder Bay, uh, that that's going to become the issue. It's it's going to become the issue. You know what I find amazing about even the signs of the messaging from a lot of the candidates at this point is the things they're talking about are the things they actually don't control. That's and what I'm, I mean. That's I, yeah, the tough part yeah, I'm yeah. having. And, yeah. I, and I don't and I don't know if it's planned or if they don't know. <laughs> and sometimes I wonder that. I, right? I'm sitting there going, Are you aware you don't have any control over this? Right? Um, now, you can lobby and you can do a whole bunch of things and, and maybe that's it. But that would be the different messaging. Because to me, when I see a candidate that talks about things that are very, very publicly decided at the f- provincial level, I go, are you, do you know what you're doing? Right? It, it does bother me when I hear 
anyone say, I will do this, I will do that, and and knowing full well there's a consensus that needs to happen around that table in order to do anything. Right. And the fact that you need partners and you need and you need to make connections in order to make those things happen and you need funding and you need some advocacy on a bigger like so which then begs the question is our municipal as we've grown up from a small town to what we are today do we need to morph our municipal elections so we don't uh, align with parties right so the difference between a federal and provincial election and a municipal election is exactly what you just said there's a dictator in a federal election um, who then disseminates to his majority, this is what we're doing. Like it or not, shut your mouth and toe the line. And if you don't, Jody Wilson-Ray will see you later, mm-hmm. right? That happens quite regularly, especially at the federal level, especially under this idiot. Provincially, it's the same idea. Um, toe the party line or get out. Um, John has kept a pretty, pretty, pretty solid cabinet. Um, but I also think he's, he's a, see, I can be partisan. He's a more realistic leader. I, I listen. I, I would, you would, you would, the things I would do before I voted NDP. But I'll tell you this: at least John Horgan listens. You know, John Horgan stood up and said, "Hey, I was going to put a billion dollars in a museum. I then realized it was a bad idea, and so I'm backing off it. I actually have time for people like that, right? I go, oh, man, you're not so bad. I'm not actually sure that that." Now, John's, John's stepping down, and, and David Eby, I don't think, is John. Um, did, oh, that's a whole other, we get there in a second. But, um, but, but, but my point was, we don't have that municipally. So when somebody says, I, 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 and we, this, is, this is how it's going to happen, you're one seat. So unless you've already had a conversation with the 700 candidates you think they're getting in, you don't have an agenda. Um, it works more like like a board than it does than it does what we understand to be government. So the question becomes: Do we morph and form right, center, and left parties uh, in in our municipal politics? They exist in Vancouver and Surrey and other places, um, and then actually vote along party lines. It's a good. I, I mean, I think the well, answer is we would get more done. Yeah, well, and they were talking about, uh, various people have talked about a ward system. And uh, Ramatusi, who I have a lot of time for, came on the show and said, you know, the various places that have tried the ward system, he says, what you have, what you see happen is these uh, backroom deals, because in order for me to get, say, this water district uh, grant, I got to give you something. And then all of a sudden you have this give and take mentality. And, and he says, it, it, you really need candidates that represent various segments of society. Speaking to that, that constituent, like Ryan Don came on here and said, I speak for young families. And I really hope that, that my chair is replaced by somebody who, again, speaks for young families because that's, that's who I'm championing. But, but hang on. He speaks for young families. What, what, I got a one-year-old. Does he speak for me? What, what a good question. So, and so, and again, I think he can come out and make that generalization. Well, I, you know, I mean, I speak for the impoverished. And I sincerely believe that, that I have them, that, that, that I on a daily basis say, hey, how can we make, how can we raise this up? I, I do things in the, you know, I do things I don't publicly talk about um, to help certain air, certain criteria, certain segments of that population. Okay. I, that's a general, I think it's too general for me. So, 
So in, again, if you want to get away from then to your point, the typical politics of like, okay, you scratch my back, I scratch yours, which you're alluding to, then you have two representatives for South Mission, three for Rutland, two for this, like, you know what I mean? Like, so what, I'm, I'm not saying I know the answer. I'm just saying, I, you've got to start, we've got to start talking about, is there a different agenda? Because this fire the mm. shotgun celebrity contest, and, and if you've read the news anywhere in this city in the last 20 years you're in is frustrating, I think, for most people. No, it's sincerely, there's a, there's, I'll give you an example. There's a, there's a sign already out, um, and I saw it, and I went, and it was on the house of someone that, I, that I'm like, oh, I kind of respect that person's opinion. That's interesting. I'll have to do some research on him. I drove two more blocks, and it was on the house of someone I was like, that guy's a socialist. And it was the same sign. So I'm like, so now I got a coin flip. Damn, I don't know if this guy, what this guy stands for, right? right. And then and then I saw it again in another house that I don't have a lot of respect for. I went, okay, so he's out, right? <laughs> That's how I'm making municipal political decisions. If the guy's going to sign on a house of somebody I like or don't like, well, that's not right. Yeah. And again, this is the challenge. We don't know, you know, we know if somebody hangs an NDP flag out, we know fundamentally what their core values are. Yeah. Conservative, whatever, whatever Mad Max is doing these days, CPC, right? Like it's like you, you have your, you go, okay, that I can get them in a bucket and yeah. then I can go into that bucket. And again, we talked about last week. I don't, I just said. I actually think John Horgan's been a pretty good leader in this province. I, I, I and I, I want to differentiate too. I think John Horgan uh, has been a good leader, but uh, a survey came out saying people vote for John Horgan; they don't vote for NDP policy. No, no, and 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 I, listen. There's a. T I mean, I mean, I can also I can also kick him down the road in a heartbeat. I mean, when he comes out and says, you know, they're only hiring pro union, they're pro union, they're only hiring union. You know, th that that whole speech he gave a couple years ago where if you want to work in this province, go get a card. I mean, I mean, I was, I mean, it's just, it's angry. Well, and Kevin Falcon came on this show and said uh, the NDP have hired, hired 110,000 people for their government. And he says, Rick, I ask you the question, has your life improved in any discernible way with that 110,000 extra bodies at the government level. And when Carol James sat in the, in the last role she was in, I almost, I almost, you know, had the same reaction to her that I had to Justin Trudeau. I mean, I couldn't stand the woman in the end. Like I'm not, a, I, I'm just trying to be a little bit partisan to say he's, he at least listens. I don't agree with any of his policies. I don't agree with any of his politics. I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's not, he's not, he's not, the root of all evil, like the like the, like at the federal level. Although when he smirked after saying cruise ship season is over, remember that? <laughs> yeah. He, he was at the Can't podium. Can't take it back. He's an ass. <laughs> well, that bothered me because yeah, right. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm just you're empathetic. Shutting... He's going through a lot of shit. <laughs> well, fair, fair. But I mean, I don't know. When I, you, I'm, when again, shutting I'm not. Down, I'm, yeah. I'm with you, and he's done a ton of things I don't I don't agree with. Right. Mm -hmm. All I'm suggesting is he 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 hasn't. You know, I think Kevin has, and again, I want to see Kevin succeed. I just, I'm, I, he hasn't given Kevin a lot, you know, Kevin's digging for stuff, right? It's not, I mean, I mean, I mean. Well, healthcare, I'd, I'd go on the healthcare yeah. front. Yeah. yeah. You know, right. for, for me, hire back the heroes when you hear, when you see those signs and they, they fundamentally have a healthcare system that's broken and they won't hire the people back just because they haven't gotten vaccinated. Yeah. And I put that on Bonnie. And I just need you to raise the last Dix. seven minutes because I mean, somebody's <laughs> going to use this against me one day. God damn it. But Adrian um, Dix. Oh, I can't. Oh. There's another one. There eh? is an and he works alongside that idiot. Moron. So anyway. Yeah, and there you go. Right? There's there's some. I take it all back. 
<laughs> we were talking about we were talking about municipal politics though, and then I tried to not look like an extreme right. Anyway, you get my point. I just think there's a it's time for change for when it comes to municipal politics in Kelowna. We need to grow up. We need to grow up. I don't think it's a part-time job either. I don't think it's a one-day-a-week-er job. And I know those guys put in a lot more. Guys and girls put in a lot more. So would you pay them more? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Pay okay. them air more, too. You might get better candidates. Yeah. It, it is a tough one for me because, uh, again, the, the only thing, and, and this is the the John Madison, the ex-CAO of, of various places, saying, if you start paying full-time salaries, you start making decisions based on holding that seat. And that was the only problem I had with a salary that was – you know, say it's 80 to 100 grand. And I asked Tracy Gray when she was on the program, I said the same thing. Would you pay, knowing what you know about city politics and Kelowna, would you pay more? And, and <laughs> I, I kind of boxed her. I didn't give her the heads up. I was going to ask that question because that's what I do sometimes. But she, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a hot potato. But this is morphed into a big boy city. And I think, and and again, I just think that you have to pay you do have to pay more, but are you paying more and are you getting somebody that's looking at their phone going, okay, down to the last second, I'm going to find out how many people like this idea on this one side or the other idea, and then I'm going to vote that way. Like if you get into that populist kind of thing. I would argue half our counselors are making those decisions already for the 45 grand they make a year. Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't, I think it's all relative. I just think you might just attract a higher bar. Um, and I think you might see more effort, right? Um, I don't think anybody gets into, you hope nobody gets into, to, I mean, I mean, the idea is nobody gets into politics for money, right? But the reality is there's oh, career politicians. It's so. just awful though. Like uh, the, uh, the amount of, when, when Ryan Don came on and said, listen, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> and I'm like, you can see the fatigue oh, yeah. and, and it's, it is really, really a, a tough road to hoe. And, and I do think. When you have people going after your family, going after the you, the businesses you like, honestly, it becomes a full on attack if they don't like anything that you've said and guaranteed anything you do say, 50% of the population is probably going to disagree. Yeah. Yeah. Like, would you run? Mm, no. Yes and no. Not, not, not municipally. I'd, I'd run provincially. Okay. I don't think I, my whole take is this. I, and again, not for, for, for the, I sincerely believe the right reasons, but municipally, I just think your hands are tied. Anything you want to do is done at a provincial level. I mean, municipal politics is, is about local taxes and how wide the sidewalks are supposed to be. And I'm, and I'm, you know, I apologize to my friends that are on city council, but, 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 um, cause I know it's more than that, but, but really, I just don't think you can affect the change you need to. I think provincially you can make a difference. I think a federally, unfortunately, where we live will never make a difference. So if, um, if we had a riding that that voted for a governing party, so in other words, we had yeah, yeah. then then yeah, you're going to make I, a difference. I think the gates would open more, but I think you'd have a small wind. You're going to have a small wind. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, if you were if you were, you know, yeah, and and. I think the other thing too is I don't fluently speak French, and I think I think to participate on the federal level you have to you have to fluently speak French. I don't, and I don't. So for me, I think I would run provincially. You speak pretty good with your hands, though. <laughs> Sign language. This one was interesting. Uh, I mean, interesting in the fact that I I walked in uh, to the Clone and Now Studios as I often do, and said hello to my uh, my peers and gave them the Queen wave. And this is moments after apparently the queen had passed. 
And uh, <laughs> I, I know I, uh, my timing is always sucking. So <laughs> somebody is... said, how did you know? And I went, know what? <laughs> and so I look like the biggest lout in the whole Amazing. office. Um, uh, <laughs> I know you can't even script that stuff. Like, <laughs> but uh, our, our queen has passed on 96 Longest reigning monarch, apparently. Lived a, lived a good life. What do you think of the monarchy? Uh, I, I, I outdated. No, I don't. I mean, I, I just, I don't, I don't know the role it plays. Right? Like, well, they're puppets. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, heads I mean, of state, I guess, but but they're not. not really. But they're but not they're really. Not. Well, they don't have any discern. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're leaders. So I think. I think. I think. Again, there's. They can bring. Uh, uh, I think she did a very good job, actually, over the years, bringing calmness in times when when the world needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think her son is a bit of a donkey. Uh, I think has her- the ears for it. No, yeah. that's not fair. <laughs> anyway, I mean, but then, but again, you look at things like I look at Harry. I remember. Uh, I listen. There's parts of there's part uh, there's parts of roles like this, right? So Harry, as a as a late teen. Uh, I, re- I will never forget. There was a picture of him at Halloween dressed as a Nazi smoking a cigarette. <laughs> but here's the thing. That's real. The kid made a mistake. And, and, and you know yeah. what? I had, I didn't go to him. I wasn't, th- and again, he's, we're about the same age. So I didn't, I, I mean, it's, it's more peer to peer, but I look at that and I'm like, I'm empathetic to it. Cause I'm like, well, he was a rebel without, but he, he was, yeah. but he was a rebel with the cause. I mean, again, there's a, listen, I was not. I'm not for war. Uh, I definitely was not for the Iraq war, but he was there and he fought and he, and he, and Do you he, think he did though? He did. I, I sincerely believe he did. Okay. I, I sincerely believe he did. There, there, there is record that he fought in Iraq with, and there, there is, there is his core. He was, his core taught, he, there are his, his core members on, uh, on tape talking about him fighting in Iraq. So I do believe that. I think his so brother is a lot Prince like Prince Harry sitting next to you. And, and you don't jump over a grenade. That, that's what I mean. Like, I would say, um, good on him. But on the flip side of that, if I'm in, if, if you're in my group, my squadron, and, and I'm marching with you, you don't think I'm going to, I'm going to shove myself in front of every bullet or grenade or anything coming at you. Yeah. Listen, I, I get you. Anyway, you get in the, yeah. no, no, I'm, but I'm with you. You get in the minutiae. All I'm saying is, you, you know, what, yeah, what role do they play? The role to, to me is leadership. Yeah. And, and, and the part I always end up back here. It's like federal politics. Uh, the other, my other beef of life is like, what blows my mind in the last 24 hours is this, is this woke group of anti-colonials that are like, I hope she dies a slow burning death. Like, yeah. like again, professors of universities, multiple professors of universities in Canada, in the U S um, um, wishing ill will on her in her final hours. I wouldn't do that to my greatest enemy. And, and there no. is the problem with society right now. Right. Um, I mean, the monarch is a, is a, is a figurehead. And again, I don't know. I'm surprised that, um, that Trudeau well, we, could we come We still on. have the Senate. True. <laughs> so if you want to talk about just like uh, pageantry, uh, the Senate to me is, is really. A money a, pit. <laughs> a money pit and a way for you to enjoy retirement. Like, yeah. honestly. After it, you've, after you've. After you've raped and pillaged the taxpayers for, because yeah. most of them are, most of them come through, through, I mean, Christian Freeland will be a senator, I'm sure one day. And, oh yeah. And, uh, and I mean, I think the only time, 
they played any role was somewhere around the Emergencies Act, the War Measures Like, right, they got some, they get engaged when the War Measures Act or now the Emergency Act. Well, they filibustered. Like, they, they right, basically, right, right. they have not done anything. And I think the Senate should be called the pasture. <laughs> That's what I think. Like, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to pasture. Oh, okay. Well, enjoy that. Yeah, yeah and I think as Canadians, um, we get them confused with the Senate of the U.S., which actually plays a fairly fundamental role in, in government. And and that being said, uh, local legend, Ross Fitz, Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. actually did use his legacy used his his title to bring a lot of good things to Kelowna yep. like and and I know that to be true because you know I've talked to various people that said no if, if it wasn't for him living and residing in Kelowna we would not have some various things and I wish I had a list in front of me I don't but um so there there's good to be had if you get the title right but I just don't think that house has any place whatsoever in today's times no and I don't and again I'm back to it I don't think the monarch Plays a role in our in our in our day to day society, and I don't get caught what, up. What in do the, we put in the bills then? Who who goes on the bills? But I, but who can leave her on it? Who cares? Like, here's a question. I don't like again. I actually don't know the answer. I'm going to go home and have to figure this out. Like, does our money change to um, now? Like, do we? Does she come off? Like, I don't know. It's it's not like she's been in power since the time we started printing money. So, does the monarch? Do you know the answer to that question? I don't. Like, I don't know either. That's for next show. Ooh, does, does, do we now change out all our money? Here will be the killer is, do we do it proactively and it costs us oh, an it'll probably absor- cost us exorbitant something. amount of money? Well, listen, it's one thing if you just start printing his face on it next week. Yeah. It's a whole other thing if you start collecting all the bills that are out there and then, and then reprinting them. He, like we changed, like, my, like I mean, money, yeah. money, money, you know, money, money wears out per se. It right? does, yeah. And you have to change it out, but I don't know, I'm... Uh, I'm I'm going to start advocating that uh, maybe there should be some uh, different faces on our on our bills. Hey, sure. Because it wouldn't be cool to be on a dollar bill. Well, not on. I don't a, think the, you and I are going to be on it. No. So here's I, the thing, though. Then what do you? But yeah, except what are you going to do when when you well, find on Trudeau's on Trudeau's on the twenty, oh. and then you can never get one again in your life? You're like, uh, can I get two tens? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're like, all of a sudden you're walking around this huge stack of tens and fives because you're like, I don't have a problem with Lori in my pocket, but not. And sure enough, he'll be on the most popular bill, right? Oh yeah. They should put him on a thousand dollar bill though, because he's such an arrogant, condescending idiot. <laughs> Let's finish on a strong note. <laughs> Thanks again to Jeff Cox for another thrilling episode. No, that was a lot of fun. Thanks again. Soon.